If you could see what I see, you wouldn't be doing this to yourself. And welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks. And for the 155th time, nearly the end of season three, I am joined by... Brandon Fitzpatrick. And oh my God, Zach, I can't believe OMG. we are in the penultimate episode of the... season three of the Movie Ladder just of season a, three, not of the yeah, series. Yeah, um, of, of season three of the movie letter. It's our penultimate episode. Yes. Um, too bad we didn't do a movie with Sean Penn. We could have had our Sean Penn episode. Or our Robin Sean Penn ultimate? Yeah. Oh, man. Did he win the Oscar in 96? Uh, good good question. Uh, he, he was Dead Man Walking? Is uh, that what that, that was? That was actually why he was on the mind. He did not win. He was nominated. Uh, but he okay. lost in 96 to Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Star of the movie <laughs> that we're watching this week. So uh, last week we talked about The Family Man. Not to be confused with Family Guy. And uh, this week, due to a Nicolas Cage, um, I don't know. Was there more? Nicolas Cage. Yep. Yeah, just get in the cage. Uh, Nicolas Cage, cage connection and yep. other connections that we'll come up with. We watched Leaving Las Vegas from 1995. Uh, Nicolas Cage's best actor win for playing Ben Sanderson in 96. Uh, Elizabeth Shue also nominated for her role mm-hmm. as Sarah. And uh, so we'll be talking about this movie. And then at the end of the podcast, we will decide on our next movie in the final movie of Movie Ladder Season 3, based on suggestions sent in by you listeners and us, your hosts. Uh, so we will be spoiling Leaving Las Vegas. So if you've not seen it, it's on Amazon Prime streaming. And uh, if you want to go watch it and then come listen to this podcast discussion about it, or if you want to just give ahead and hear what movie 52 of Season 3 will be, you can do that. And uh, timestamps in the podcast description. Also, speaking of the podcast description, you will see a fun little link to our Letterboxd watch list. Uh, go to that, and you can submit any movie for next week to kick off next week's movie. is going to be last week's season three. To kick off season four of the podcast, you can submit any movie that was nominated this year. And so yep. that goes on the watch list. Every movie that's nominated gets thrown on the watch list. That goes through page about 33 of the watch list. So you can click through the podcast description. You can look at everything on the watch list. Anything you see on there up to page 33 that you want to suggest to start season four is eligible. So send yeah, that in. Or, or you can just go through your own emails and look at things that you you submitted to us For that sure. we didn't pick that you want to resubmit. Um, you know, it's going to be very – we always uh, enjoy seeing what everybody thinks that we missed throughout the year that they want to, us to kick off the following year with. So it's, it's one of the most exciting times of year. For sure. Yeah. Um, can you remember the first movie of every season that we've done? Uh, Fargo. Yep. Um, Michael Collins. That was this year. Yep. And this year. And last year's first movie was... T-Phone, a friend. Um, I don't have it in front of me. Um, uh, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. I think that was my suggestion, right? Probably. Yes. Um, yeah. And that actually did connect to season one. I don't think Michael Collins connected to the last movie of season two, which was Parenthood. I'm nope. Not so sure much. Uh, so, yes, whatever we pick for the last movie of this season, if you want to connect off of it, 
to something that's been submitted already this year, that's fine. It just has to be the main criteria is that it was something submitted during season three that we want to kick off season four with. Absolutely. Um, bonus points if it does connect to our last movie. Yes. And then Brennan and I will be submit, suggesting off of each other's lists from the year. So that's yeah. also an exciting thing for me. It takes a few hours for me to comb through all of our show documents and pick out Zach's suggestions and yeah. narrow them down. I'll usually write them down by hand in a notebook and mm-hmm. then just ceremoniously like scratch off which ones I don't want to use. It is, it is, now that we are doing this for the third time, it is always so fun when we complete a ladder, put a ribbon on the season. For sure, and then we, tie we a little bow around it. Yeah. yeah, we'll do our bonus episode on New Year's Day, as we've done the last couple of years, where we talk about the year as a whole, look at our stats, and, yeah. uh, you know, our favorite connections, favorite movies, give out some awards and things like that. So. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to track throughout the season, um, what I think is going to wind up in the top ten and what what might not. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea. It's, Maybe you know, we can do a little, yeah, like, it's, it's really fun having the reins of the uh, yeah, of the averages and the mm-hmm. scoreboard because you're pretty clueless throughout it so it's true it's, I try it's not fun to for it. me to get to, to play with it and reveal to you what the best movies of the year were and yeah. see where we agree or disagree yeah speaking of best movies of the year you think leaving las vegas is going to be one of the best movies of the year it's going to be tight um i i don't know we'll we'll okay. find out when, when you and i rate it um this was a hard one to rank for me, for sure. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to be settled on a star score until we're done talking about oh, it. Oh, that's always so. fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. And I, I know, Brenda, before we started, you said that you're calling your shot. You think that you have a, uh, you think you know what we're going to be doing next week. There is a specific movie that I would like to end the year with because I think it would be really fun and a really nice way to cap off the year okay. and reward our listeners who have stuck Ooh, with us throughout the year. Yeah. So, yeah. Ooh, I, curious how you're going to reward our listeners. Um to be determined uh all right well uh hopefully you feel rewarded and hopefully people uh, got a chance to write in so we'll get to all that uh before we get to leaving las vegas brennan uh what is the best thing you watched this week yeah i watched a lot of movies this week some nice, good, good some bad some mm-hmm. just okay mm-hmm. um but there is one movie that stood out above the rest uh sunday night i sat down on amazon and i fired it up to see how much all my digital um credits from all the christmas shopping i did this year would get me off of a rental and i got 50 percent off of renting the fablemans and so i only had to pay half price for so you rented the fable i rented the fablemans off of uh off of amazon prime for the uh discount price it was really really great um steven spielberg's latest movie his, you know, second movie within a calendar year because he just released uh, West Side Story late last year, and now he has Fablemans. Um, really, really loved this movie. Um, really fantastic performances from Paul Dano and uh, Michelle Williams, who plays stand-ins oh, nice. for a young Steven Spielberg's parents. Um, the kid who plays young Steven Spielberg is also really, really good. This was just a really great. I love movies about movies. And I love movies about people who are discovering a love for movies and are, like, really early in there, like, playing around with the magic of movies and what movies can do. Mm-hmm. And this movie basically follows a young boy named uh, Sammy Fableman, who is a stand-in for Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And this movie, I mean, there are so many Easter eggs and parallels to Spielberg movies that he would go on to make later in his career. Mm-hmm. That I don't even want to give away, but I mean, obviously, strong connections to a couple of them we even did this year. Um, right, yeah, 
I, I remember but, when those came up, we said, oh, it's too bad we didn't time this better with the Fablemans. Exactly, exactly. Who knows, maybe, so, maybe that'll be a season four movie that we It could be, watching. it could be. But I, I really love this movie, and I, I think it's one of the best of the year. Um, It is in my top ten currently. Um, I, But I definitely recommend people check it out if they haven't already. Nice. Cool. Um, what about you? Uh, well, so I did have a question for you. Um, yeah, please. I know you watched Jules and Jim this yes. week for Criterion. Um, I don't know if you remember, but Jules and Jim was the poster in the bedroom in Vanilla Sky. Of oh, that's David. Right. Is that his name? Uh, Tom Cruise's character? Yeah, David. Yeah. Um, and I just wondered if, you know, I w- that movie was nominated after Vanilla Sky. Did you see anything thematically connected between that movie and Vanilla Sky that would, like, be a reason for that poster? Or do you think that was just a Not- Cameron Crowe kind of decision? Not really. I think it was more of a Cameron Crowe Easter egg, like a movie that he probably really, really loves. Because mm-hmm. there, I, I can't really think of any thematic ties to Vanilla Sky from Jules and Jim. I mean, they're very, very different movies. Um, right. Yeah. So. Okay. But I, I did. Um, you know, Jules and Jim was a hard movie to get through just because the subtitles were really messed up on Criterion. I've noticed they're, that happening sometimes with. Uh, yeah. The subtitles were on top of subtitles because people okay. were speaking different languages at different mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. So they were like smashed on top of each other and it was like hard to read sometimes. But um, yeah, I, I talked to Megan Librarian after I watched Jules and Jim and we both kind of felt the same way about it where we wanted, went in really wanting to love that movie and it just wasn't hitting for us the way we okay. wanted it to. Well, so. I, I still haven't watched my criterion, but it's going to be okay. uh, Jean Dielman. Um, nice. So I just, I just want to be in the right mindset to like yep. really sit down and take that movie in because sure. I, yeah. from what I've heard about it and I just have get a giant sack of potatoes and just sit there and peel potatoes. Peel them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I could uh, prep yeah. some green beans for the green yeah, bean casserole. So. Um, <laughs> speaking of movies that I was really hoping were going to be great and disappointed me. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the best thing I watched this week was uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one. Um, yeah. I just, Fair. I just, I'm almost done with the movies and <laughs> I hate being that guy. The books are so much better. Like, oh, it is sure. just really yeah, like yeah, yeah. some of the movies are good. Some of the casting is fun, but they just it's an odd know. it's an odd place for them to cut that movie, considering everything that they left out of the book. Yeah, so it was movies. interesting. I had a point in the it's, book that I had pinpointed when I thought they were going to split. And yeah. it was about 20 minutes before the end of the movie. Um, I didn't yeah. mind the split point. Like, I thought it was kind of an emotional part to end the, to end the yeah. story on. Um, I just think like watching these movies and I've been, you've been having your side chats with my librarian. I've been mm-hmm. have, having my Harry Potter side chats with Stefan and yeah. uh, we've been talking about these and I just like, it took me, you know, years to get through the books and I, mm-hmm. you know, I really liked what the arc the books ended up doing. They were very epic. I don't feel like Deathly Hallows had this like end game, like Avengers Endgame set such a high bar Endgame game right. and infinity war. Right. And like, I know that came out after this movie, but right. it just, this does not have the magnitude of those movies that's fair. anywhere close. Yeah, and I just fair. feel like now that I'm through almost through all the movies, the Harry Potter movies are lacking the soul that's in the books. Like they just are kind of Wikipedia summaries yeah. of the books on yeah. screen. And they, they have aren't. to be because none of them were allowed to be overly long. And they're just that's yeah. also the part of the problem. Like like Marvel did a really great job of having different directors come in and give their vision, but also have an overall story. Mm-hmm. And the Harry Potter movies kind of have this thing where each director is trying to put their own stamp on it and also, like, cut out anything they see as unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So there's not, like, an well, overall... Well, David Yates did, more... like, all of the back half of... The... He did, yeah. you know, he did four of the four of yeah. the eight movies. But there's not, like, a lore... It doesn't feel like there was a lore master 
like there is with Marvel on right. the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Saying, no, this is essential. You need to explain this. Yeah. yeah. It's good to it's good to feel like I'm almost done with these movies. I finished all the books this year. Like, it does feel like a good project I'm completing. I'm mm. just a little let down. Um, Fair enough. So, yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe part two will have that, like, epic endgame feel that I'm missing. Because I know part one is a little bit, you know, more set up. Um, right. But I just, yeah, it's, it's just lacking. It's, that wasn't even what I want to talk about. Because that's not the I, best thing I watched this week. I will uh, say that I did have a really great experience seeing the first Deathly Hollows in the theaters mm-hmm. at a midnight screening here in D.C., actually, oh, when it came oh, out. Really? Oh. Um, I, I was working at the Fringe Festival at the time when it came out and uh, went and saw it with uh, my brother's roommate, Katie. And oh, it yeah, was so great. Yeah, this, yeah. Uh, yeah, this came out in 2010. So we were living yeah. together at the time when this yeah. I and I was just like, I tried to like ignore everything Harry Potter because I wasn't I didn't want to be spoiled on anything. Yeah. Um, best thing I did watch, though, is uh, from 2020. It is called Possessor. It is Brandon Cronenberg's uh, not his debut, but one of his kind of his big breakout from uh, yeah. 2020. Although I do think it think it probably actually came out last year, but it's listed as 2020. OK, um, I think it was like a festival maybe in 2020. And then last year was when it actually like was wide yeah. released. Uh, so if you're familiar with David Cronenberg, he does a lot of body horror movies. Uh, his son, like father, like son, his son mm-hmm. just picks up where he, but this is like, this definitely could have been a David Cronenberg movie. Like they are right. so similar where it's technology and body and uh, identity kind of all wrapped up in one. Um, it was nothing like what I was expecting. Uh, okay. The poster is like a melted face, like almost like something from Vanilla Sky. Yeah, and awful. that's sort yeah. of ties to the movie, but it's really not that. It's okay. just more of like a techno thriller. Um, and the premise is awesome. Like, it's just like a it's like a Black Mirror episode expanded out to a whole movie. And, Interesting. Um, I do think, like, if you could bring yourself to to get through the body horror elements, which, like, the opening shot is body horror. Oh, fun. But, yeah. But it's... <laughs> it's... Uh, it's not... I mean, I don't know. It, it's not as It's not as bad as i was expecting from that opening shot um mm-hmm. and it's very thought-provoking like it's it's definitely got some stuff where like they they set things up in the beginning of the movie that doesn't really pay off so it's like there's parts of it that are half-baked but i just thought like it's just a movie that i was just like i felt really good after watching i was like yeah like not good because the movie made me feel good but just right. like it was like a movie that made me feel good about what movies can do so fair enough um, yeah yeah <laughs> so that's possessor um again listed as 2020 i did it as 2020 in my uh annual challenge which i have a couple more movies left in that 2021 2022 but uh i might actually be a 2021 movie and it's on hulu as an uncut version with more body horror the problem is i have hulu with ads and it was taking ad breaks and this is just not a movie i want so then i switched over to canopy which is a theatrical cut which has a little it has a couple minutes less okay Um, did did you ever see titan i can't remember no you told me not to see titan you told me to take it off my watch list yeah i did it's, yeah, I think this is less graphic than Titan, but it kind of okay. in the same thing. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was a whole lot of preamble. Anything else yeah. before we enter Las Vegas? Yeah, Um. I'm ready to get into this movie. I actually just finished watching it about half an hour ago. Um, nice. I watched it last night. Yeah, I watched it this afternoon as soon as I got off work. I started actually making dinner while I was still logged on to work because I wanted to Ooh, have dinner ready fire. and fire up this movie, you know, right, right uh, when I logged off. So... Um, before we get into the movie, and, you know, I know that, like, you know, we don't, it's not like we have a ton of listeners and people really mm-hmm. need to hear this, but this movie touches on a lot of things and subject matter that I care about, such as, you know, suicide and alcoholism, mm-hmm. and I just want to, you know, I I tweeted this out after the uh, It's a Wonderful Life episode, True, I tweeted yes. out the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is 988 
from your mobile or smartphone. So I just wanted to officially, yeah, it's just 988. And I wanted to officially say that again on the podcast, because, I mean, this is really a tough time of year for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's something that is very important to me. Um, And I know probably is to some of our listeners as well. I mean, mental health especially this time of year, is extremely important. Um, also, it's a really tough time for people who struggle with alcohol yep. and alcohol abuse. Mm-hmm. So there is a 24-7 alcoholic, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous hotline that I found online that I also wanted to shout out here, and that's uh, 855-679-2464. So if you or someone you know, you know is struggling with alcohol and you're looking for an outlet to get them help, uh, you know, this is a 24-7 Alcoholics Anonymous hotline. Uh, that's, again, 855-679-2464. Thank you, Zach, for letting me say that. Yeah, yeah. I will. Uh, I'll copy I'll copy pasta that into the description of this podcast as well. So if you, uh, I don't know if you'll be able to click through like you had for a watch list, but it's in there. We'll put it in there. We'll put it in there. Put it in and the description uh, of the pod. So. Yeah, all right. Um, so, yeah, that being said, uh, leaving Las Vegas is a deeply, deeply, um, upsetting movie about alcohol and suicide um yeah. starring so this was Cage a blind spot Richard. watch for both of us yeah it uh, was neither <laughs> of us had seen it this uh was as i said this was uh nicholas cage won best actor in mm-hmm. the 1996 oscars hosted by the Whoopi cushion herself Whoopi goldberg uh and elizabeth shu was nominated for best supporting actress mm-hmm. uh we'll do a little os- we'll do a little oscars game who do you think yeah. she lost to do you know who she lost to Ooh, do I know who she lost to? I'm trying to remember what year that was, because like what came out, what else came out in '95? Was that the, was that the Dead Man Walking, Sean Penn, Susan Sarandon year? Did Susan Sarandon win Best Actress? Yep, that's correct. For Dead Man um, Walking, okay, yep, yeah. Good job. So Susan Sarandon for Dead Man Walking. I promise I didn't look it up. Um, when, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. watching you. Your your yeah. fingers on it. Yeah. So uh, um, it was also the big Braveheart year. So Braveheart won Best right. Picture. Yeah. Gibson won Director. Right. Uh, Mike Figgs was nominated for leaving Las Vegas for Best Director, although yep. he was not nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Best Supporting yeah. Actor from The Usual Suspects. Kevin. Kevin. One one cancel Kevin Spacey. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, if you had asked me. Like, if you had quizzed me on what Best Picture in 96, 95, 96 was, I would have said it was the year of the English patient because I would have forgotten about Braveheart, ah, as no. everyone should. <laughs> so, so I, I only seen Braveheart, Braveheart once, and I liked it. Um, Sense and Sensibility was the uh, the English patient-ish movie. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, it's not really, but it's like the British. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, some, uh, you know, some really good good movies nominated. Brad Pitt nominated for 12 Monkeys. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ed Harris for Apollo 13. Apollo 13 also nominated for Best Picture. He's fantastic um, in that. Nixon had lots of nominations. Oh, there Nixon, go. Which I watched earlier this year. So Anthony Hopkins nominated for Best Actor, along with Richard Dreyfuss for Mr. Holland's Opus, Sean Penn nice. for Dead Man Walking, and uh, Massimo Trossi for Il Postino, The Postman. Ah, The Postman, yes. Uh, not the Kevin... Uh, yeah, not not the Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner one. Yeah, yeah. not the Costner, so, the um, Il Postino. Toy Story also nominated for Best Screenplay, Best Animated. So, you know, I... I I think it's a pretty strong year. Strong Oscar uh, year, yeah. Yeah. Lots of nominations for Babe. That'll do Pig. Ah, uh, indeed it will. Directed yeah, by George is... Miller, which is yep. that always makes me laugh. The, the weirdest thing. Yep. Love it. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah. So leaving Las Vegas, um, I'm going to kick this off. So this is a new watch really? for both of us. Uh, I felt like nothing watching this movie. Really? No. I, 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 I thought, like, it was okay. Um, I thought Kevin, I thought Elizabeth Shue was really good. Spoiler, she's going to be my hero of the movie. I yeah, I yeah. think she's fantastic. Um, she's a more grounded performance. I mean, I know yeah. 
we're getting Nicolas Cage playing Ben and he's kind of like, this is all about him, uh, you know, fall, like just in a, what is the word I'm looking for? Just like falling into a, you know, depressive suicidal spiral. Yeah, spiral. Yeah. Here's the thing is, I disagree. I think this is her movie, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get the narration throughout the movie where she's talking to someone off camera that we never see. Right. Probably yeah. her therapist. Yep, where she's basically narrating this entire movie to a therapist about this guy she met and mm-hmm. what happened. And, mm-hmm. you know, this whole movie is really more from once he gets to Las Vegas, the movie is really from her perspective, like all of it. I mean, because we have entire swaths of the movie where we see what she's doing throughout the day and we only get tiny scenes where he's doing different things without her. Yeah, that's true. So she and she plays Sarah, S-E-R-A. So uh, and she's a hooker um, that ends Uh, up sex worker. So yeah, sex. (laughs) Yes. Prostitute, sex worker, hooker, whatever you want to whatever terminology you want to use. And she runs into Ben a couple times and they they start a relationship. Uh, Hard to tell. I mean, I think this was only over a few days. Um, I don't think it was very long. Well, he Uh, says that he's. That he has mapped out that it's going to take him four weeks approximately to drink himself to death. Right. Yes. And so we don't know if it actually took that long or if it was shorter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he seems to be spiraling out pretty quickly once he meets her mm-hmm. because she basically, while, you know, she says that she will never ask him to quit drinking and she does ask him to go see a doctor just once. And that's when they have their first sort of like big breakup mm-hmm. in this movie. But she does seem to actually think that she can stop him from wanting to kill himself. Right. My my one gripe about it is that we never learn why specifically she thinks that she can save him or doesn't want him to kill himself. Yeah. And like so aside the, from I, just her having a massive amount of humanity. Yeah. Like she's she's got like this huge massive amount of humanity, which is great. But right. we, we don't ever find out, like, what the underlying reason for that is. Right. So, um, and I do think, like, the reason is a little bit less literal um, mm-hmm. than that. And it, it does come, like, the fact that this is based on a book, I think, like, the narration, like, they both narrate to, like, they're talking to nobody at times, right? She's talking yeah. to an unnamed or unseen person, probably her therapist, like you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but we also see Ben talking to both himself, but then just kind of, like, narrating things but we don't see who he's talking to i'm thinking of right. specifically when he's packing up his bag in the um in the hotel room he's talking right. and he's kind of narrating what's going on and i feel like that's probably having not read the book i would imagine that is stuff from the book and that right. there is a lot of narration and so this was uh mike figgis's way of showing that narration showing that uh exposition mm-hmm. so i actually did like that as a way to translate as just talked about harry potter and you know not necessarily doing a great job translating book to movie i think this movie does probably do a really good job of translating the book to the movie i cannot imagine spending 20 hours reading this book or however right, long it would right. take five hours 10 hours whatever 20 hours or i don't know how long the book is um it seems like it would be incredibly depressing uh and yeah. like there's not a ton of plot it's just kind of like yeah. we're watching I mean, this spiral and this is this is why it was sort of a tough watch for me i mean i i have a friend you know from college who has been a off again, on again, alcoholic who goes into deep, dark spirals like this, you know, off and on for about the last 15 years. 
Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's married he, to his, you know, longtime girlfriend, now wife. They just celebrated their two-year anniversary. Okay. And right now, like, he's been sober for about a year. But, like, last year and the year before, like, a lot of what I was dealing with with him and his wife and this spiral he was in really, like, reminded me a lot of basically what's going on in this movie. Like, I think this movie is very, very true to the experience of living with someone with alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And the way that you can, even when you're trying to help them, end up enabling them. Mm -hmm. Because you're not pressuring them to get better. You're just constantly saying, I'll take care of you. It's going to be okay. And then making excuses for them. Like when they fall down and break a table at a casino or break a bunch of garden furniture, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's it's really, really sad and depressing. Like and you you constantly want like better for this person and you want them to want it for themselves. And the worst part is feeling like they don't care enough about you to want to help themselves. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. And like I do think like yeah. that's, um, you know, that's that is an interesting component of this, mm-hmm. not just for alcoholism, but just, you know, for dealing with people, you know, in your life that do have mental health struggles and watching yeah. them go through this and feeling so helpless, like you just want to help them and they you can't. There's you, there's not anything you can do. And exactly. from Sarah's perspective, for whatever reason, she feels drawn to Ben. And I do want to talk about that reason because mm-hmm. I do have kind of like a, a nice like I do think there's something nice and literal um, literary about that, not literal. Okay. Um, and so watching her see this man struggle and Mm -hmm. that she barely knows she has no reason to help this guy, but she just feels something. And she also is, I mean, she's, it's not like her life is this great. I mean, you know, she's, she's has this pimp, um, there's a Russian pimp, I think named, uh, Yuri, who I'm assuming gets killed, uh, in the middle of the movie because we don't see him and we see the people walking into his room. Um, but you know, she's also kind of living on the outskirts and, Mm -hmm. you know, is forced to do these things, you know, she has those guys, like she has the incident with the guys in the football jerseys in the hotel room and things right. like that. So, you know, I think part of wanting to save, to save Ben is to like, maybe to have that companionship and that relationship, but also to like, feel like she's bringing um, value to the world. And to have um, a sense of control, to have hmm. a sense of control of something in her life, because everything else in her life probably feels really out of control. Out of control. Yeah. Like her life is spiraling as well, yeah. just in a different direction. Right. Um, and, you know, yes, and she, and so I do like, and, you know, she's referred to as an angel a lot of times in this mm. movie. Um, and I do actually think, you know, connecting this back to uh, the family man, like, she really is, like, referred to as an angel. And I think, like, the idea is that Sarah is his guardian angel. Right. Um, and that she's watching off for him. She's there with him when he dies. She's taking care of him. She's, you know, she's speaking, she's giving this narration without him around after he's gone. Like, mm. I do think the way that, you know, he calls her, her, his angel, she's, he, he says an angel has visited me. Like, I don't know if you picked up on all the, all the ways that she's referred to as an angel. And there might be some visual ways that I don't know if she's ever seen with like a shadow behind her. It looks like wings or a halo or something like that. Yeah. But um, having her be his angel, I do, I do think that's a nice touch in this movie. Yeah. Um, I and I wonder a- how much that's in the book. I think there's a way to read it where the person she's talking to is like, you know how in It's a Wonderful Life, how Clarence has Mm -hmm. to talk to God or his supervisor Mm -hmm. about the job he did with, Mm -hmm. you know, with um, George. 
throughout the movie and he's like i'm trying i'm trying like i'm doing all these different things like i i you know here's everything i can do to help him and then he like has to justify at the end you know everything that he did and that's like kind of what she's doing with the off-screen person mm-hmm. where she's trying to like justify the actions that she took to like get you know whether it's to get into heaven or whether it's to like get her wings or whatever there's a there's definitely that reading of it that you could have i think mm-hmm. for sure. yeah um and yeah I, I did i definitely thought that, that was a tie back so i do think like our title mm-hmm. connection probably should include the word angel yeah. um because we did have the uh war machine uh what is his name um uh don Cheadle. yeah don Cheadle, angels yes. angels in las vegas works for me angels in las vegas that's i like that yeah. that's nice yep um, although last week, like, maybe it shouldn't be, I mean, we'll get there, but last week didn't have Las Vegas in it. So it should be like right. Nicholas Cage and his angels or something. Uh, caged angels. Caged cage, cage, cage angel actually makes a lot of sense because she's also trapped in a cage mm-hmm. yeah. throughout this movie. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Caged angel it is. We can skip. We're doing this a little out of order today. That's, That's okay. fine by me. Um, yep. Well, here's the other thing that I wanted to hit on. Big picture idea that I took away from this movie is... There are a lot of ways that this movie feels like a direct commentary on Pretty Woman. Okay. And the romanticization of the relationship between Mm -hmm. Richard Gere and Julia Roberts in that movie. Okay. Where she's the hooker with a heart of gold and he's going to save her Mm -hmm. from the terrible life she has. And he's going to do all these things for her. And in Leaving Las Vegas, we get the opposite of that where Mm. her... Like, we even get the clothes-buying montage in this movie, but it's her buying him a bunch of new clothes. Yeah, oh, that's I like that. I like that read And on so it. there's, I think there's a read on this movie where it's, like, a more realistic version of what would actually happen in a pretty woman situation. So, um, did you notice that Richard Gere gets name-checked in this movie? Does he? I didn't notice yes. at all. So, okay, okay. I, I wondered if that was what set you off. So in the opening yeah. scene, so uh, so Ben is a former, some sort of Hollywood executive. I he's think a, he's, a, he's a screenwriter. Yeah. Screenwriter, okay. Yeah. Um, much like another Nicolas Cage movie where he plays yep. a screenwriter. Um, yep. And he goes and sees Peter, played by, uh, I love seeing Richard Lewis. The great Richard um, Lewis, yes. Yeah, not, not in Curb Enthusiasm. But he looks great. He looks great. Uh, he looks so young. He does yeah. look very young. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's talking to Peter, and yeah. Peter says something about that they got Dickie Gear to be in the movie. Ah, uh, missed yes. that. Totally yeah. missed that. Yeah, it was like one of the first lines of the movie. It's in that opening scene in the in the restaurant. So mm-hmm. uh, I really like that theory that this movie is kind of a reflection on Pretty Woman. Yeah. And uh, I'll be curious to see if Pretty Woman is the movie that you're that you're kind of it's calling not. your shot on. Oh, okay. it's not. No, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's not even on the list. Oh, like, okay, it's on my list. It was something uh, that I thought about while uh, while I was watching the movie. I was like, because this movie feels like such a like more realistic version of what would happen in a pretty woman situation. Yeah, and they're in like, like dingy yeah. hotel rooms and motels, exactly. and apartment, and like, not in like, like the like, penthouse with like, like what sex work is really like. Instead of glamorizing it in a rom com style, this is yeah. what sex like sex work is actually like. Mm-hmm. The danger that sex workers are actually in. Yeah. That's it. I, of, I, I yeah. think that, you know, we're, we're coming around the home stretch, but that might be your best read on a movie of the year. Right wow. Now. I finally yeah, got one. Yeah. Got it. Yes. Uh, another thing, speaking of sex work, so we do get that really disturbing scene towards the end where yes. she goes back with the like bros on a, oh, yeah. a bachelor Stupid party bachelor or whatever. Bros, yeah. And they're like, they're basically, they, I mean, they do rape her towards the end. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 assault, assault they assault her. Yeah. They, yeah. they physically assault Most her. Cool they're videotaping her. 
I thought what was interesting is that the terminology is fuck you up the butt is what they say. Yeah. And that was the same thing that she offers to Ben when they first meet, but it's the context is so wildly Correct. different. Yeah. It's, it's all about consent. Basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought that that is like, you know, when we're talking about movies, like a nominated for best director, like I do think like some of those touches, like I can see why this movie was critically acclaimed mm-hmm. at the time. Um, so I, I, yeah, I like that. I just think like the style for me a little bit was like, nope. there's lots of like slow dissolves and nineties kind of like nineties jazz and blues music. I freaking love the soundtrack of this. Yeah. The, the like, soundtrack it's is such good, a Vegas. It's such a Vegas soundtrack. I absolutely loved it. But like, did it make you feel like you were watching like a primetime Fox show or fr- prime, like from the nineties, like a Melrose place, like it felt kind of Melrose place. Either. Yeah, but it didn't bother me. Because, uh-huh. I mean, this was peak Melrose, Beverly Hills era. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, sure. you know. Yeah, it just yeah, feels, it it feels a little yeah. yeah. So. Um, it worked for me. Yeah. yeah. I do also like the title card comes up 16 minutes into the movie. I checked. Yeah. I paused. and Because yeah. I was like, oh, there's the title yeah. card. Because he's finally like... getting to Las Vegas. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was interesting. The thing we haven't talked about is what is driving Mike. Uh, or Mike. Uh, ben. <laughs> ben. Yeah. Who's Mike? I don't know. Who's Mike? Uh, so his wife left him with the kids. And he gets fired from all of his jobs. All his Hollywood friends are like, we're no longer fronting you. He basically has nothing else. So I was a little confused with this because the way that they frame the kids, I thought his son died. Ah, okay. Because they show the bike, they show the kid's bike in the garage when he's moving out. And then his freak out in the, you know, he finally has this freak out in the casino where he's saying, I'm his father. I'm his father. So maybe it's the yeah, but it's because she took the kid. Yeah, okay. and won't let him see him because he's an alcoholic. Yeah, mm-hmm. would be my yeah. thought. Yeah. Um. Yeah. See, and maybe that's what it is. I thought that he was like what drove him to drink was the loss of either his wife or his mm-hmm. kid. And I thought the fact that they weren't super clear with that and that they kind of like right. they they didn't make that so they didn't tell you right. They didn't have a scene where they said my wife and kid left me or maybe they did right. right. That. But no, they didn't. I yeah. did like th- that they're gone, but we don't exactly know what happened. And we just see yeah. kind of we just see some kind of clues as to what happened. And we say this guy is an alcoholic. And so maybe right. he's driven because of the, you know, the depression that he's in after what happened to his right. wife and kids. And I'm actually kind of OK with that, because sometimes these things don't make sense. Why someone takes takes their own life doesn't always make sense. It's not always clear why somebody does it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's not like a clear cut reason. And so I like that it's unclear for us as the audience as to Ben's, you know, everything going on with Ben. I actually kind of like that. It feels more realistic. Yeah. Um, no, I do think like there's there's definitely a sense of realism in this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of a, a peek into the end of this guy's life and mm-hmm. then, you know, who knows what happens to Sarah after this? Um, yeah. You know, I would imagine she's pretty messed up as well from this experience. Yeah. So we we didn't actually explicitly say it, but Ben does succeed in ending his own life at the end of this film. Did you think that there was any way that it would end? Because this, I mean, this is both of our first watches. Was yeah. there any point in this movie where you thought that he wasn't going to die? No, I... I yeah. I, I wasn't sure what how it would happen, and it was kind of, like, subdued that it was just... He basically just... Yeah. alcohol poisoned himself over a period yeah. of time um and you know it's a, it's an interesting scene like they i think she's having sex with him basically as he's dying yeah. um which is like a you know 
it's a kind of a strange visual. But again, if yeah. she's like this angel who's helping him pass on to the next life, and right. that's what she that's what she signifies, that's what she represents in this movie. I do think she's like kind of symbolically like helping him along. I think that's fair. In like yeah. in in the only way that she knows how, which is using sex, which is mm. her job. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, um, I didn't really like the like slow you know montage of him at the end of the movie. Um, yeah, it's just a little yeah. corny. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought it was going to just end in the hotel room that them showing him at the end was a little mm-hmm. very 90s, very 90s, like, oh, we have to add this onto the end. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yes. It was a very um, 90s flourish. So I do have the Wikipedia up in front of me, and I am okay. looking at it, and it does say that um, the uh, this is a semi-autobiographical novel oh, by John O'Brien, and O'Brien died from suicide after signing away the film rights to the novel. In like a wow. very, that's like really tragic to read that. That is crazy. That is sad. Yeah, that's really um, sad. Do you have any desire to read the book? No, no, I'm good. I, th- I think I've got it. Um, yeah. the, another movie, actually, this, oh, I should actually add this to my connections instead of saying it right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, this uh, actually, that's... talking about it, this reminded me of, of another movie I saw two years ago that ha- deals with a lot of the same themes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the book, thought, 19, the book came out in 1990. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. What else? So, any, I don't any know. I mean, like, we haven't really talked about Nicolas Cage's performance at all. So he did win the Oscar for this. He did. Uh, and, you know, he won it over some really good performances, notably the, um, you know, Anthony Hopkins Nixon performance, which I talked about that movie yeah. a few months ago on this podcast. Um, also, I haven't seen Mr. Holland's Opus since I was a kid, but I do remember that being, I do remember liking that movie. It's a very yeah. sentimental movie, Mr. Holmes. Of this, like I'm Richard sure, Dreyfuss yeah. is being very Richard Dreyfuss in it. Um, mm-hmm. I I like his performance in this. I don't love it. I think it's he's, very I think big. He's, it's it's like really not big hard in, in terms of the movie big, but like it's a big, yeah. bombastic, yeah, Oscar nominated. It's very Nicholas Cage. I mean, it's a very Nicholas Cage performance for sure. Um, I, I, you know, it's interesting that we open this with like him. I, it actually kind of paralleled nicely the Family Man, where he's like mm-hmm. dancing around the liquor store. I, that was one of my connections. That yeah, was one of like, my connections I wrote down for last yeah, week. I wrote yeah. that immediately. I said, hey, yeah, like, dancing, dancing. Cage yeah. open the open yeah. the. Uh... If only it was opera playing at the liquor store. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's <laughs> the happiest we see him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like he's alone, um, and he hasn't yet lost his job, but he's right. He's drinking a lot. I mean, we are seeing him just kind of like we're seeing the the physical toll of the alcohol is taking on him throughout the movie, right? He's yeah. really pale. He's bloodshot eyes. He's always sweaty. He's like, got the shakes all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. I just think like I remember like the scene where he's like shaking at the refrigerator and then walking back to his bed. It's just like some yeah. of that is like a little over the top. Um, but, but I think I've it's accurate. Around, I mean, I think, he, I, I've, I've I think Cage, you know, my understanding is Cage actually like went to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings to prepare for this movie as well and like talk to actual like recovering alcoholics about their experiences and so i think that comes across well in the film yeah. and, like i, I think he think, definitely like, did his the scene at the pool is the, yeah. probably the standout scene for me in yeah. this movie where he you know they're having fun they're dancing and then all of a sudden like he trips he falls through the glass table and he's yeah. he's like i'm fine it's just a little glass he said i'm a prickly pear i think is what that was the yeah, prickly pear. Prickly pear. yeah um and like just how quickly something bad happened and it just like flips on a dime. Yep. And, and then, then they get s- kicked out of their apartment. Right. Like, and then yeah. we see, well, we see Sarah. So I was, I think that was at a hotel maybe. Yeah. Because, um, well, then, I don't know if that was his, I was a little confused what, exa- how exactly that tracked, but then so Sarah she's is staying at this hotel that she pays rent on a monthly basis, basically 
to live there. Like it's like a it's like a pay to stay hotel. Right, like a, like, but yeah. I don't think that's where the pool was because she then gets evicted from her apartment later in the right. movie. So this wasn't the so this was also a hotel. So this might have been I don't think it was the whole it was a little the whole year in, which I really like that name for hotel because yeah. the whole year in, um, it kind of has that double entendre. But yeah. wherever they are, they're in this hotel, and the person who works at the hotel is just like talking down to her, and it's like, I don't want your help. Right. I don't want you to help clean up that glass. I want you to right. get out of here. She's got this like fake Minnesota nice smile right. on. It's like yeah, yeah, she says it with a smile, but she's yeah. there. It's very cutting, and it's yeah. like it's it's the kind of wake up call that if you were in this situation, that if somebody talked to you like that, it's like, instantly like yeah. sobering. Where and you're you like, can see it oh, on her face too. Like it's a really great reaction face from Elizabeth Shue in that scene right. as well. Yes, yeah. and, and that, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, wow, yeah. like you can feel the like how she's cleaning up after Ben. Right, yeah. Ben's gone. Ben might be, you know, he's he's bloody and he's cut up, but he's he's not facing the consequences of what he's exactly. done. Exactly. Yeah. Sarah is facing the consequences. Sarah is exactly. cleaning up after him. And the same thing happens when they get kicked out of the casino, where she's the one that has to right. face the consequences and gets kicked out of the casino again later when she's on her own without Ben mm-hmm. because they're like, yeah, you're, we told you you're not allowed back in here. And she's like, but I'm, you know, I'm not here with the guy that you actually had a problem with. And they're like, no, we don't want you here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so uh, also another note that I had. So yes, uh, you know, Ben, I did write down Ben's wife left him. So I think at some point he does yeah. say that his wife left him, but it might, I assumed it was because of the, uh, something that happened to their son. They lost their son yeah. and she left him, but Ben still wears a wedding ring. Yeah. So, I did notice that. Um, you know, just to, kind of as a shows you that he's not over this. Um, I just think there's some kind of logistical things that don't quite make sense to me. Like, okay. I get that Ben sells his car, which would make sense yeah. because he needs the money and he can't yeah. really drive. The the scene where he's drinking and driving and the cop pulls up next to him is like very suspenseful. Yeah. Um, but Ben also says that he paid his whole Amex card and I'm going to drink myself to death. Right. He paid it off. Yeah. If you're going to drink yourself to death, why are you paying off your Amex card? Who cares? Just run up as much debt. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of was a weird, weird thing to do. Yeah. Um, I thought so too. And. Also, just like how small of a city is Vegas that they keep running into each other. Yeah. I guess the other thing I would say about the Amex card part, actually, is that you wouldn't want to leave any debt behind for that someone else would have to pay. For who, though? Who doesn't have anybody in his life? Who's going to pay it? I don't know. His wife? I don't, I don't know. Like, Maybe they would come after somebody, you know, true. for the money. Yeah. Because yeah. I was thinking about that, too. I was like, oh, he doesn't want to saddle somebody with debt, but it's like he doesn't have right. anybody. Like, he's That's completely a good point. alone. Yeah. So, um, and, uh. So and then yeah, just like they they keep running into each other, right? Like mm-hmm. the, and I just was kind of like like Vegas. But well, they also say they're looking for each other, but Vegas is really Vegas is know, a big place. You yeah. can see. I mean, I've they, never been. So yeah, you know. it's it's and there's just so many people. It's like yeah, there's so many people on the street. It's like the chance of running to somebody multiple times is I think but, it's pretty slim. But I but guess it also this is, seems like the places where they continually meet each other and seem to run into each other are mm-hmm. off the strip. Yeah. Well, she like, lives off the street, so she yeah, doesn't like live in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and not and his hotel that he ends up staying at is not in Vegas proper. Right. It's not. It's, it's not the, the Bellagio well. where he's staying. Yeah. It's like a exactly it's a crappy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do think, like, again, going back to your like, Pretty Woman is a version of Cinderella, right? Yeah. It's a fairy tale. If this is like a a reverse fairy tale, like maybe the and maybe they're just fated to run into each other again. If she's his guardian angel. Also true. Um, yeah. And then also like I mean because. Like in Pretty Woman, yeah, they're staying at the nicest places, the nicest hotels, have the nicest things. And this one, it's the exact opposite. Like he's yeah, going to buy. They're in uh, Bel Air. Mm. Yeah, he's going to buy one pair of jeans and 45 pairs of underwear. 
instead of five different clothes, like outfits. And, and that bright orange shirt as well. And the bright orange shirt, yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. Um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't really have much else. Um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think the opening, I really like the opening. And then mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I love the title, Leaving Las Vegas. Um, I guess it's like that his, you know, he will be leaving. because It'll be his be- last place, yeah. Right. The last place he'll ever leave. You know? Yeah, I just, I don't love the title. Okay. I know it was the title of the book, so. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know what else you would call it, but, I mean, you know, yeah. I, it doesn't bother me. Um, well, yeah, why don't we get into feedback and see if we, that drives a little more of a conversation? Yeah, for sure. I'm actually surprised how much we had to talk about with this, because I, yeah. I, honestly, after after this movie ended, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, it was, it was fine. I don't have much to say about it. So, <laughs> um, like, no. And it's not that I didn't like it. Um, it just wasn't that emotionally affecting to me um huh. like the, you know this kind of heavy subject matter i would think would be more emotionally affecting than this was so, i think that's her yeah. yeah all right uh cool so we've uh we got feedback we start off from all any all says was pretty pretty excited uh pretty 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 excited three pretties mm. when i saw steven weber and richard lewis so high on the cast list but alas after the opening scene they were no more was pleased that i managed to recognize mariska Haggerty. Uh, Hargitay, yeah. Hargitay, do you know who that is? I have no idea. Yep, I, she, she and another actor are my one last thing, so we'll save it. Oh, okay, all right, yep. well, we'll save it. Uh, all in, okay. step back. Save uh, it, I won't step back. Don't step on my one last yeah. thing. Uh, Nicholas Cage was fine, but I think it's clear he won the Oscar for portraying someone with an alcoholic illness rather mm-hmm. than the actual level of performance. Uh, some of the drinking seems so excessive as to just make me feel it was unrealistic, although admittedly, I thankfully mm-hmm. have little exposure to that level of alcoholism. That over-the-top nature just drew me out of the film a little bit. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I actually disagree. And actually, when, I think that the movie was actually like held back a little bit on how severe it was. Because I was I was half expecting this movie to be filled with like sounds of him vomiting. Mm-hmm. And was so relieved that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, we see him vomit a lot in this movie, but you never hear the... The, the distinctive like gag reflex sound and that that like actually made me really happy because i did not want an entire movie of some like the gag sound because mm-hmm. i can't i can't deal with that yeah. i have a very low gag reflex well and that's what i was expecting so, too yeah. i'm like well if you're drinking that much eventually your body is just going to reject it uh, right. but i guess he's just got such a high tolerance um it was I, I i told you when i started watching this video i guess the I'm going to pour a drink for this movie because I feel like having a drink, but it feels like a little inappropriate to have a drink yeah, while I'm watching. Yeah, it's like, all right, yeah, I, I don't think it is. <laughs> as well as having a, I'm having a drink while we're recording this podcast, so, yeah. uh, oh well. Uh, all right, Owen continues. Elizabeth Shue is also decent as the classic hooker with a heart mm-hmm. of gold role, um, gold role. The one character that I thought was stupid and silly was the Julian Sands Russian pimp character. Mm-hmm. I guess I thought, why be tropey with the Cold War Russian bad guy and just make him a regular evil guy rather than letting a silly accent do the work? 3.5 out of 5 is his score. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, yeah, I didn't really under... I mean, it feels like that's a character that's probably better described and better fleshed out in the book. Because we don't or really not, get a lot from him. He's just yeah. generic asshole. And then he's guy. killed, and then we don't And then he gets killed, kill. and that's it. I, so I actually wonder if that character is in the book at all. Yeah. Or if because, that character was added for also, the movie. Because it's kind of a cinematic, like, oh, we're gonna have this Trumpy bad, bad yeah. this Russian bad guy. Yeah, we need the we need the Harvey Keitel pimp 
character. And it's also like a thing where she says after he's gone, she still has to work and that she works for herself and she's her own boss. Oh, and okay. I'm like, well, you know, that, you know, if your pimp is gone and you really want to like give up this life, like you don't have to keep working. Well, and like, I what's I interesting, I guess, what's interesting about that is... She felt like was, she had to keep working to pay for his addiction, basically. Well, and she had to... I mean, that's what she... May, might be the only way she knows how to make any money. Right. And what's right. interesting, I didn't think about this, is, but her pimp is, like, while he's a bad guy, does he provide a level of security for her? Right. That when he's gone, now she has these guys that beat her up and rape her, and she has nobody who Nobody can, to go to. Like, the pimp it. is, like... My understanding is the pimp would come in and he would knock these guys around and be like, "Hey, you can't do that to my to my girl." Right. So that's also true. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Jim says uh, depression. Exclamation point. Alcohol abuse. Exclamation point. Two lost souls finding their soulmates. Leaving Las Vegas is the perfect Christmas movie. Four out of five from Jim. Uh, he says this hero of the movie is booze. Um, I'm going to disagree with that. Although I might have a drink after we finish this podcast. A um, drink, a, not an entire bottle. Yeah, a drink. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, is this a Christmas movie? I don't think that it is, but... No, yeah. certainly not. <laughs> Are there any, I'm sure there's probably some Christmas Vegas movies, but nothing's coming to mind right Definitely. now. Definitely, yeah. Um, Christmas Vegas movies. Christmas in Vegas. Uh, it says Vegas Vacation. I don't think that was Christmassy, though. No, it was not. Yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, I, did Alex... watch, I did watch... I did watch... Uh, Christmas Vacation this weekend, actually. It's a great movie. Love it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's classic. I gotta. I still want to rewatch that, actually. Um, yeah, I hadn't seen it in a while. It's. I still don't think it's, like, the best, but it's uh, pretty good. Yeah. All right. Uh, What's Alex? I'm just saying. Sorry. Yeah. Alex, I got distracted thinking about Christmas Vacation. No worries. <laughs> well, don't we that all? was certainly a downer of a movie, as you alluded to last week, but it also was really well made and impeccably acted by Nicolas Cage and Elizabeth Shue. The relationship of those two broken people was tough to watch, but tougher to look away from. Uh, around 30 minutes left in the movie, I had this at a full five stars, but some of the scenes towards the end really pushed the line a little too far for me and didn't seem to fully fit with the previous three quarters of the film. Uh, the freeze frame at the end was a, also a bit weird. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I thought there was an overuse of some shots that lit up, uh, of the of some shots of the lit up signs along the strip. But overall, a great movie. 4.5 out of 5 from Alex. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that they leaned way too far into the showing us the strip because the book mostly takes place off of the Vegas strip. Mm-hmm. So, but they they still wanted to have it set in Vegas, so they had to have them walking along the lights like a million times, mm-hmm. so that we would know this was still a Vegas movie. Right. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. It was definitely overused. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so that was 4.5 from Alex. Yeah, so it is a 3.67 from listeners. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. Um, and I get to go first. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, glad go it, first. I'm glad it works so well for Alex. I It just, uh, for me, I, I'm more in line with Olin. I think I'm a 2.5 on this. Um, I just, I don't know. It just didn't. It just didn't connect for me. Is really, really what it comes down to. Um, I think this. I think there's some good material here. I think the idea is really good. I just um, maybe at the time it, it connected better because obviously it was a hit with the critics and it was mm-hmm. in the box office. Um, but yeah, it just I, I can't say I liked it. I can't say I would go back to it. It's kind of um, sort of in line with like uh, Interview with the Vampire. The way I felt about that. Uh, way back. So yeah, I don't know. It's just, way back. Wait, throw, just didn't, throw it didn't away back. for me. So two point five for me. All right. I am going to give this a four. I don't think it's a perfect movie, and it's not a movie that I would want to revisit. 
but I do think it's an important movie, and I think that it played the themes that it was going for really, really well about depression and alcohol abuse and codependency and uh, enableism when someone has an addiction. Um, and I think the performances were really, really strong, even if they were very much Nicolas Cage doing his part. Elizabeth, she was fantastic. Like, I can't say a bad word about her performance. Um, it's going to be a four for me. Yeah. Nice. Um all right, here are the movie. Uh, I already gave mine. And it's Elizabeth's show. It's her performance. I thought it was grounded, um, yeah. worthy of the Oscar nomination. I, I get why Nicolas Cage, especially at the time, was nominated. I just think it was a little OTT. Uh, I am going to get, yeah, I'm going to give it to Sarah. Um, Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. Uh, the shoe. Sarah. Uh, so, yeah, that's um, average overall. Sorry, let me tell you that real quick. Uh, 3.39 overall, which is going to be a 3.5 for the purposes of Letterboxd. Nice. There you go. All right. And uh, what is it? You said you had one last thing. Yeah, I do. So, uh, yeah. Um, who was it? Uh, Owen called this out. Uh, there are actually not one but two Law & Order-related actresses in this film. Ah, okay. One is the great Mariska Hargitay, who plays... Detective Olivia Benson on Law and Order Special Victims Unit. She's been doing that for like 22 years strong now and doesn't seem like she wants to give up anytime soon on Law and Order SVU. And then the other one, the bank teller in the beginning of the movie, is played by Carrie Lowell, who was ADA Ross on the OG Law and Order in the 90s. So there you go. We actually had two Law and Order. Related actresses won the law and won the order. So there you go. Nice. Doom, doom. Um, all right. That's well, I guess we're on the same wavelength because we're going to talk about TV actors. Yes. Uh, because TV. did you notice, I had noticed immediately, who the cab driver was that takes Sarah home after the incident with the guys in football jerseys. Please tell me. Uh, Xander Berkeley from uh, Berkeley. George, ba- George Mason from 24. Oh, so, that's George Mason. I thought that's who that was. I was like, who is that guy? I yeah. read, was like, is that him? Thank you, Amazon X-Ray. It's because of the sideburns. Because of the sideburns, I was like, I don't think it's him. Yeah. Yeah. So, good job. He had hair as well. Um, Way to to be hero, George Mason. Not That guy was kind of a jerk. Um, Um, Another another cameo that I want to point out that I'm surprised Owen or none of our other listeners picked up on. So, the bartender in the bar that uh, Nicolas Cage's character goes to when he... uh, gets beat up and gets punched in the face by the biker dude. The bartender in that scene is one and only Julian Lennon, son of Beatle John Lennon. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Oh, yep. nice. I did not realize that. So, um, and I did see that there's some, uh, that uh, Bob Ralphson, he's going to the guys at the mall. I only noticed him because I happened to pause and the Amazon x-ray came up. Yeah, Bob um, Ralphson, uh, director yeah, Bob of uh, King of Marble Gardens. Yeah. Yes. Uh, did he direct any of the movies that we did this year? Uh, no, but he. we talked about him when he died earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, because he also did, didn't he also do... He did Five Easy five Pieces. Five Easy Pieces, yeah. yeah. Which, you t- which you talked about as your thing that you watched that week, I think. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Um, and I think the director of this, Mike Figgis, uh, yes, he's one of the mobsters as well. Yeah. So lots of, like, little... Uh, oh, and uh, I just saw this, well, Arlie Army, who is best known as the drill sergeant in Full Metal oh, yeah. Jacket is the conventioner. Who, I did not notice him. Because um, he doesn't look like Arlie Army. He has a full head of hair and a beard and a mustache. So mm-hmm. there you go. All right. 
Speaking of Toy Story, which was yeah. nominated that year. So, uh, all right. Um, what oh, else speaking of TV, Laurie Metcalf was actually uh, Mrs. Van Houten. Yes. Uh, Laurie um, Metcalf, best known for Roseanne, where she plays a recovering alcoholic. Um, uh, also, the mom, also the mom and Ladybird as well. Yes, and the mom and Ladybird. Um, what was her character's name on her as I can't remember. Anyway, she was a recovering alcoholic. Nice. So, uh, well, not nice, but uh, all right. Connections time. So we already have our title connection, Caged Angel. Yep. Um, which I really like. Um, th- there are some other Nicolas Cage movies involving angels to be determined there if we go. end up doing that. Um, <laughs> did you have any other connections to last week's movie besides? I mean, the, ones the big one was the dancing, the dancing in the uh, liquor store connecting to the beginning of the movie. Um, you know, being estranged from your family, like, you know, running out of the house and. Mm-hmm you know, burning everything down, um, you know, metaphorically speaking, in the other movie. Um, well, and sort of the opposite of The Family Man, right? Where we yep. go from, in The Family Man, he goes to a fa- like a family that's not his, where it's yep. a, a wife and kids, and this time he it's is an now, alternate life, his yeah. wife and kids have left him. Where he loses it. it, yeah, where he yep. loses everything, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, um, and he does have, like, a nice car at the beginning of both of these, right? He that's had that Ferrari or Lamborghini at the beginning of... Um, Family Man in this one, he has the BMW that he drives around. Yep, also true. Uh, what else? I I didn't really pick up on too much else for the for the Weatherman, mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't really pick up on anything too much as far from as, the Family Man. We didn't watch the Weatherman last week. I did that again, didn't I? Um, the the Family Man, I mean, yeah. So uh, connections to other movies from this year. So I have yeah. a fun I have a fun one. Uh, I mean, I the big one is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf because you have oh. the overexposure of alcohol and mm-hmm. oh, good one. you know falling down drunk everywhere and mm-hmm. drinking and driving and you know all all of that shenanigans and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Yeah. So what else? You got? Um, so looking at the list of that Academy Awards, so Best Supporting mm-hmm. Actress that that year. Uh, the uh, a character named Linda Ash from Mighty A- Aphrodite. Yes, Mira Sorvino. Played by Mar- Mira yep. Sorvino. So we had the summer Sorvino this year. Um, so we have one more Sorvino for the road. There you go. Um, nice. Yeah. So I had that. Um, we also have a scene under the pool where they're drinking, you know, underwater in the pool. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, the Graduate. From The Graduate, yep. Yeah, there you um, go. And, you know, uh, Sarah keeps trying to get Nick to – or trying to get Nick – trying to get Ben to go to a doctor because she says he's sick. And we did have yep. a lot of sickness throughout this year. Which... And then we have a bunch of it in Chaplin as well. Was there, like – a thing with alcoholism and I do think yeah, I think that's right but yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember way back uh Danny Houston has a yes. small role and he's just kind of a character actor he would recognize uh so he yep. was also in the aviator um, oh yeah that's right yeah it's a cast yeah, connection yeah. I just happened to be clicking through um and I did feel like Ben's boss it wasn't Ed Harris but I had to do a double take that it wasn't Ed okay. Harris because his boss looked uh, did you notice that his boss who fires him looks so much like Ed Harris I wasn't paying attention enough but yeah okay. uh his, his boss looked like Ed Harris so Ed okay. Harris was and, in the hours in the right um, stuff too yeah. And the right stuff, yes. Good job. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, all right, and uh, movie map. Oh, right. Uh, my big one was The Way Back. Yep. Ben Affleck is a recovering alcoholic and yep. tried to get his life together. Yep. The other one I picked out was um, uh, The Sting, because okay. Paul Newman's character is also a old alcoholic in that mm-hmm. movie. And he meets Robert Redford, who many could say is his guardian angel that gets him out of his funk in that movie. Mm-hmm. And they decide to go on one last heist. Um, but yeah, Paul Newman is a fall down drunk in that movie. So mm-hmm. at least at the beginning. So there you go. Yeah. Those were um, my two. Um, also, Big Lebowski and Big Sleep 
the yeah. you know lot is like they're not they're not quite alcoholics but they're they're drinking quite a bit not yeah, not yeah. what we see um also elizabeth shoe does end up playing uh jennifer in the oh. back to the future sequels but yeah. not in back to the future but not the same yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah i think i think the I, I think the way back um is definitely the closest connection because we do yeah, watch, watch watch character spiraling in that right. uh, and i don't think we had any vegas movies really um no, I don't think we have. I don't think we've had very many Vegas movies at all. In, no, not really. Which I actually, um, we did have uh, uh, Last Night in Soho, but that wasn't Vegas, but it kind of has no. the same feel, uh, but that was two years ago. Last Night in um, Soho. Oh, yeah, you mean Bad Times at the All World Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Last Night, we didn't do Last Night in Soho. No, I, mean, I, I think I would remember that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> that was in London. Yeah, no. <laughs> London is not Vegas. Yeah. At least I, I had Royale. to pay you back yeah. for, for calling the Family Man a Weatherman. So. Fair enough. Yeah, Bad Times at the El Royale, which we actually did this time last year, uh, was uh, outside of Vegas, right? It was yeah. in the middle of the desert. Yeah, right. I think it was like right on the Nevada-California border. Or yeah, like near Tahoe. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm just realizing is next week we'll be retiring Movie Ladder Season 2 from the movie map. We'll be movie mapping into Season 3. No, we're going to be into this one. What yeah. do you think is going to be our most popular movie to movie map to? Actually, let's save that. Let's save that for the wrap-up show. Yeah, write that up. That's a good question. Write that one down. Yeah, you write it down. It's your question. Um, no, I, don't, I have no idea, to be honest. I don't I don't know what. I mean, I have to think about like what was our most connected to during the year. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. We'll talk. All right. Um... Should is we, that it? Well, we did one last thing. We did connection. We did one last thing really. But uh, yeah, I guess we just got to we got to our last movie for oh, and deciding our last movie for season three. I'm unless there's anything else. All right. Okay. Uh, so yes, we are going to pick our our last movie, movie number fifty two for Movie Ladders Podcast season three. Uh, once we do pick that movie, send in your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter, themovieladdergmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Ladder Movie. Um, and then send your uh, suggestions for the first movie of season four. It does mm-hmm. not have to connect off of this movie, although if it does, bonus points. What it does have to do is it has to be a movie that was nominated this year. Yep. So click that link in the podcast description. Go to the watch list on Letterboxd. Anything up to about page 33 where you see Braveheart, speaking of yep. the 1996 Oscars, where <laughs> you see Braveheart show up. Uh, that's basically the cutoff. Uh, or you can look back through the movies that you suggested during the year. And sent go. in, I don't know, your like top three maybe um, movies from the year. And then Brennan and I will be suggesting off of each other's list, probably like five. What do you want to say? Five off of each other's list? Uh, I think you and I usually do five, and the listeners can send us in up to three. Cool. Yep. yep. That, that, we do more work, so we get to do five. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and again, bonus points <laughs> if it connects to whatever we pick from next week, but does not have to. This is the one time that we get to kind of like uh, – you know, we have like ladders next to each other. We're jumping from one yep. ladder yep. to the next ladder. Yeah, it's like a think about it as a scaffolding going up a building. Yeah. Right. Yes. There we go. There we go. All right. The ladders. movie scaffolding. All right. With that, <laughs> what are we going to close out the year with? Let's see. Well, Megan the Librarian says I didn't watch this movie because it's too depressing, and I have seen it before. I have no review. Um, <laughs> Fair. All right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, teach turn. Speaking of reviews, we didn't say this. Uh, one more week to get your reviews in for any movie that we've done yes. this, this year. Yep. So please do that. Yeah, get those uh, scores in. I still adjust them. Uh, Alex did that a couple weeks ago. I factored Alex's scores in, and it did change a couple things. So yep, every so. every vote counts. The yeah. book will be closed on New Year's Eve, and then on New Year's Day we will t- we'll tabulate and Absolutely. it will be written in pen. So uh, typed in pen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, my librarian's connections. She has honeymoon in Vegas. Has to be top of the list, I think. Um, yeah, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, Cage movie, oh, yeah. Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage, Cage movie in Cage Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. 
three years earlier in 1992. I feel like I've seen bits and pieces, never seen the whole thing. I can't say I've watched it. I've never uh, her seen next it. One, Con Air. Hang on. Mm-hmm. This also involves Vegas, doesn't it? Uh, listen, if you have a good con- opportunity to watch Con Air, you should always watch Con Air. Uh, take your hands off the bunny. Make a yep. Put the money back in the box. Yes, it yep. does. Uh, spoiler for Con Air, it does end on the Vegas Strip. Yeah, and I actually have a, if we do choose Con Air, I have a title connection. Oh, is it a hairdryer? You know, I always uh, laugh because there's the Con Air hairdryers. Um, but yes. We could call it, we could call it Landing in Las Vegas. Oh, uh, Landing Las Vegas. Um, yeah. Do you think the title Leaving Las Vegas is supposed to sound like Viva Las Vegas? Maybe. Leaving Las Vegas. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> All right. Last one. Anyway, from my librarian, L.A. Confidential. Uh, did you know that a lot of actresses have won Oscars for playing prostitutes? It's true. Elizabeth Shue mm-hmm. was nominated but didn't win. Two years later, Kim Basinger did win for her role in this film that also has the name of a U.S. city in the title. Boom. Also has Best Supporting Actor winner from the '96 Oscars, Kevin Spacey in it. There you so go. That was my. Nice. I added that. She didn't put that in there. Yep. All right. Uh, my brother's suggestion. I'm assuming you just ported these over from last week. Yes. Uh, Vampire's Kiss and Wild at Heart. Uh, yep. His two favorite Nicolas Cage movies. There you go. Well, right. that hard I've never seen. Um, I'd like to someday though. I did watch it. I watched it for Criterion earlier this year. I think. Oh, did you? Okay. I watched it for something. Didn't you watch right. something wild and not wild at heart? Oh. You watched yeah. something wild starring yes. Leota and uh, Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh man. It's been <laughs> anyway, long. let's keep mixing up it's movies. Been, it's been a long year. Mixed. This, <laughs> welcome to the mixed up movie podcast where we put movies mixed in a blender. Nuts. The movie blender uh, <laughs> where we put movies in a blender and then we make up our own movies. Um. Right. Leaving Soho. Yeah. What's Leaving uh, Soho about? <laughs> uh, all right. Jim Crumley, Professor Crum, says, let's end the latter year on another bender with Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, though the films have a lot in common besides the title and setting of Las Vegas, Fear and Loathing yeah. has a very different tone. And there's a big shining uh, neon sign for Circus Circus, which reminded me a lot of Leaving, uh, Lo- Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Cause I have been that's to one of the, Circus. Yeah. It's one of the cheaper casinos in, yeah. in Vegas, so it's nice. Yeah. Uh, when I went, it was like I could pay $10 to play blackjack instead of 20 There you go. And I'm cheap, so it worked. All right. Uh, Olin has The Lost Weekend. This is his first Ray Milland as a major alcoholic who develops a mm-hmm. friendship to start with a call girl, classic Billy Wilder, best picture winner. Ooh, did lo- yeah. I do love my Billy Wilder. Billy Wilder. I do love Billy Wilder, too. Next one, Grand Hotel. Lionel Barrymore goes to a resort destination to die and enjoy some excesses, where he gets close and friendly with a young lady. Best Picture winner also adds to our year of Barrymore with Lionel Barrymore's, uh, with Lionel's brother and Drew's grandfather, John Barrymore, also starring. There you go. So, Fall of the Barrymore, I guess is what we can call it. Yeah. All right. And his last one, Knights of Cambria. Federico Fellini's uh, centered around, uh, for want of a better phrase, a hooker with a heart of gold portrayed by his wife, Giulietta Massina, best international pitcher at the Academy Awards. There you go. All right. Uh, I'm, I, I like Fellini. It'd be fun to do a Fellini film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good way to end the year. All right. Uh, Alex O, for more Richard Lewis, take one off of my list, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yep. I, I know it won't be picked. But for another movie about a man spiraling with his addiction, Synecdoche, New York. Oh, he's there okay. you go. That's, that's the next yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Going back to Robin Hood, Men in Tights, I was thinking, I had that on my list, and I was thinking it would be kind of a nice bookend for yeah. season two to the end of season three, because we had Young Frankenstein to start yeah. season two, and we had no Mel Brooks yep. to end season three. There you go. Yep. So this next one is Synecdoche, New York. And then Brawl and Cell Block 99 is his last one. And lastly, the bizarro version of Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, oh, sorry. Brawl and Cellbox 99. My actual suggestion is a movie about a man spiraling in a different way. 
So that is Brawl Sawbuck 99. Sorry, I'm yep. reading these in a very weird order. And then yep. he says, lastly, the bizarre version of Las Vegas, Pretty Woman. So yep. uh, Alex and you were on the same. Glad Alex. Yeah, I, I promise I did not see Alex's or didn't register Alex's suggestion before I came up with my theory. For sure. But sure, 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 sure. All right, you get to go first. What are your suggestions this week, sir? Oh, man. All right. Uh, so I have a couple that came to me right away. Uh, two are Scorsese blind spots for me. Ooh. Casino and Bringing Out the Dead. Yep. Uh, Casino, for obvious reasons, Bringing Out the Dead, because it's, uh, I think it's Nicolas Cage kind of losing his mind in that. Uh, I think it has to do with uh, the afterlife or, like, dead people or something. Uh, I mean, yep. obviously dead bodies, but I think there's some some component of, like, uh, demons or something in that. Yep. I, believe he's, uh, I believe he's an EMT in that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he works crazy hours. Uh, I did have Pretty Woman on my list, so I got to move that one off. I have a lot of Nicolas Cage on here. Uh, next one I will do is Days of Wine and Roses. Yep. So I first learned about this movie after the uh, premiere of Better Call Saul in the final season. So it's about a couple that uh, spirals into alcoholism. Yep. And uh, let's see, what do I want to do next? Um, I will do Apollo 13 next. Uh both for Ed Harris and Sandra Berkeley and the 1996 Oscars. So oh, there you uh, go. yes, uh, Ed Harris was nominated for Apollo 13. I did think that Ben's boss looked like Ed Harris. Uh, so yeah. much that I checked to see if it was Ed Harris. Xander Berkeley also is at Apollo 13. So it's not the yep. strongest connection, but you know, sure, uh, we did space earlier. We could do space again. Yep. Um, so that's four. Uh, I will do hard eight for uh, yep. a movie about Vegas. There is a sex worker in Heart 8. Yep. Um, I saw it early on in my personal ladder. It'd be interesting to revisit it. Really yeah, PTA. Uh, one of the early PTA, like the first PTA movie. Um, uh, yeah, PTA, John C. Riley. I forget who plays the female lead in that. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I'll, I'll nominate it again because I still haven't seen it. Nicholas Cage movie, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I'll throw there that on. So, and yeah. I actually have a lot of movies uh, for what I thought was a, a uh, weak list. I actually have a lot of movies I left on my honorable mentions uh, that I right. wouldn't have minded suggesting. All right. Um, I'm just going to get it out of the way. My number one with a bullet. Uh, uh-huh. I want to end with a really fun Vegas movie. Okay. I want to end with one where we are looting Las Vegas would be my title connection. And that's Ocean's Eleven. I do the like that. Soderbergh Ocean's Eleven, not the 1960. I really like that. Not the uh, 1961 version. Yeah. The really Soderbergh like Ocean's title Eleven. Connection. Title connection, looting Las Vegas. So there we go. Um, what else we got? Uh, I'm not going to go with Heart 8, obviously. Uh, Connor's off my list. Uh, I'm going to go with a screenwriter who meets a woman who changes his life. Uh, Sunset Boulevard. Ah, I thought I'm about gonna, that one, actually. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, two different movies about two different types of alcoholic. Uh, the Verdict, an alcoholic lawyer. And Flight, an alcoholic air, airline Pilot. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then. The verdict um, just covered on the rewatchables, not to plug another yeah. podcast, but. Uh, another movie all about people drinking to excess. Another round. Mm, yes. Um, let's see, how many is that now? One, two, three. Uh, two, five. Five. So since you did six, I will also do six. Um, I, did six I did do six. Let me do it and see what I want my final one to be. Um, oof. Sorry, this is bad podcasting. Um, I'm gonna go with another alcoholic. Uh, actually, I will go with alcoholic singer and go with the 2018 Star Wars one. Ah, so there you go. Man, touching my heart. Yeah. Touching um, your heart. I know you love it. I do. I do love the Star Wars one. I do love. Uh, Star all right. So a couple other ones that I have on my list. Um, so Nicholas Cage playing a screenwriter. I had adaptation. Uh, yeah, same. Fun night. Fun night in Vegas. I had swingers. 
Um, I put Snake Eyes because he yells Snake Eyes at he one does point. Yell, I, I, he has a movie called Snake Eyes, not yep, the bad G.I. Joe movie. Nope, Jack yep, I, I also had Snake Eyes, and I had Snake Eyes on yeah. my list. As they uh, Bugsy, Nank, okay. The Color oh. of Money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I almost did, I almost chose Elvis, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if that's streaming Leave, yet. Uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, I almost picked Elvis. And then uh, Crazy Heart is another alcoholic singer. And then Indecent Proposal. I thought about throwing on there. Um, that's it for my also hands. Yeah. yeah. I had the card the card counter because Vegas. Oh, lost in translation. Yeah. Ah, okay. Lost tra- card counter. Two, two lost souls. Uh, so I had the card counter on my list. Um, I had the trip, um, which is about yep. a guy whose wife leaves him and he goes on a drug trip. Uh, yep. Roger Corman movie. And then did you notice what movie they are watching on the TV? I did. The Third Man. Yeah. Yes. I saw Orson Welles. Yes. Yeah. We love Joseph Cotton in this. Yeah. In this. Podcast. I thought so. I thought about the Third Man for a movie within a movie. Oh. I love Joseph Cotton. So there we go. All right. Uh, um, lots of suggestions. We're going to be pushing that watch list a little bit longer. Right. Uh, why don't you read them all? Let me take it from the top. All right. Uh, Honeymoon in Vegas, Con Air, LA Confidential, Vampire's Kiss, Wild at Heart, Loathing, Fear and Loathing of Las Vegas, The Lost Weekend, Grand Hotel, Knights of Cabiria, Robin Hood Men in Tights, Schenectady, New York, Brawl and Cell Block 99, Pretty Woman, Casino, Bringing Out the Dead, The Days of Wine and Roses, Apollo 13, Heart 8, and The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Ocean's Eleven, Sunset Boulevard, The Verdict, Flight, Another Round, and A Star is Born. I get to go first. Zach, I know it's a blind spot. Um, I know we do a lot of Scorsese on this podcast, but I mean, also it's a really good connection because of the Sharon Stone character in that. I'm going to go with Casino. I think it's a really strong connection because of the Sharon Stone character in that movie. And plus it's Vegas. Um, uh, yeah, same, there you go. Same year with the Oscars. Sharon Stone was nominated yep. up against Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Um, same type okay. of character. Yeah. Yeah, we can try to do all of the Scorsese movies on this podcast. So, yes, I've never seen yeah, right. Casino. So, um, You've never seen Casino. So I'm, uh, I'm going to take Casino from your list. So Casino Real. You... All yeah. right. Um, I really like looting Las Vegas. Thank you. But. I'm not going to pick it because I just watched you it. son of a bitch. Yeah. I know. Um, those movies are so great, though. They're so rewatchable. I just watched a I, lot of these recently. Um, yeah. And I do love A Star is Born, but I just, I don't want to cry. And, and that movie makes Fair. me cry. Um, so Sunset Boulevard, I haven't seen since high school. Okay. And um, Billy Wilder, just awesome. Uh, yep. Really, really great director of everything. You know, I just watched Ace in the Hole recently, and he's so good with that. Um, I could not appreciate Sunset Boulevard when I saw it in high school. So it's on my, like... I've watched it, but yeah. I, I, I'm like, I want to start a list for next year of like my movies I've seen, but like movies I really need to like revisit to see. as an adult. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah like, for sure. I do think like there's a whole lot of movies that I've seen that I just like, you know, there's a lot that I saw in like history of film um, and things like that where I just like Sunset yeah. Boulevard is one of those where I saw Sunset Boulevard yeah. in high school and I was just like, I don't get it. And yeah. I think I would get a lot more out of it now. So, uh, fair enough. Like, I know that I. Yeah, I know that I saw the 1960s version of Fahrenheit 451 from, um, oh, who's the guy that did the movie I just watched? Jules and Jim. Um, who did oh, Jules and Jim? Um, yeah. It's the same director. Anyway, I know good. I saw that in high school, but I like definitely didn't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. all right. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about for challenges next year. Uh, Truffaut. Is, Truffaut, is thank you. Yeah, let's uh, watch Truffaut. So, yeah, yeah. So. I am thinking about next year because I'm like trying to figure out what my movie challenges are. And I'm thinking about doing a like 
rewatch of the week where every week, every week I'm going to do some movie that like is on my list to rewatch that like, I just, you know, want to try to see what I get out of it this time. Uh, yeah. Avatar, a very good example of that. I just rewatched Avatar this week. Uh, didn't get much more out of it. It felt the same to me. Yeah. Anyway, um, listener books. I'm going to take uh lost weekend. If we're going to, uh, I want to have to do doing Billy Wilder's. So why not? Ooh, let's, let's, do, let's put, let's That's... put lost. Let's put lost weekend on there. Okay. Dueling Wilder's. Uh... Yep. And what about your listener pick? You know what? Good job on us, Brendan, because we did not miss a week this year. We did not have to double up at all. No, we did not. Um, Good job. Yeah, even with vacations and Good life job things. Good buddy. And, uh, yeah. Uh, all right. For mine, um, man, it's hard pick. Uh, I know. Thinking about Honeymoon in Vegas, thinking about Con Air, but also thinking about Robin Hood Men in Tights. Um, it's just not strong enough. It's really not. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I love it, but there's, I mean, Richard Lewis is in one scene. <laughs> one scene. <laughs> yeah. One so scene. I haven't seen like leave <laughs> Robin Men and Tights is an example of a movie like I've seen but I haven't really watched it like yeah. I, you know yeah, like yeah. I, I can't say I've watched it all right um <laughs> all right so I'm gonna I'm gonna do the uh what's streaming uh I'm gonna look at Honeymoon Ooh. in Vegas and okay. Con Air and see if one is more streamable than the other and that will okay. be my decision I think Honeymoon okay. in Vegas is probably the stronger pick to be honest right. um but Sunday Vegas is not streaming anywhere. Is Connie? I mean, it's. I mean, they both star Nicolas Cage. Um, both I mean, there's up. both. Both I believe involve a bar fight. Um, and Air, uh, neither is neither is like easily streamable. Okay. Um, so I'll stick with Honeymoon in Vegas then. Okay. That's um, fine. Give you know if we pick it, Megan Librarian gets another point on her belt. Yeah. Um, that is also true. So. All right. Uh, Honeymoon um, in Vegas came out before leaving Las Vegas. It did three years before. Yeah, 1992. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, um, so, I have never Hill. seen. Yeah, I've never seen Lost Weekend or Honeymoon in Vegas. I'm in the same boat you are with Sunset Boulevard, where I saw it in high school and haven't revisited it since. Um, saw it in high school theater class. Don't remember a lot about it. Um, Casino is a movie I've watched a dozen times. Um, I don't think it's as good as Goodfellas, but a lot of people, to be contrary, and say that it's better than Goodfellas, just because. Okay. Um, but it's a real. It's, I mean, it's a Scorsese movie. It's really, really strong. You know, it's the same. A lot of the same actors as Goodfellas. Lots of we'd have lots of connections. We'd have yeah, a lot Joe of Joe Pesci, there. Robert De Niro. Yeah, um, it's an epic. It's a Vegas epic. I mean, it's almost three hours long, but it's yeah. a holiday weekend, so um, yeah, that is also true. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing though, because I got family in town. Um, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. All right. Well, so let's go through streamability. So, uh, yeah. Casino is on Hulu and Peacock Premium or Peacock. Um, yep. So you know to determine yes. what the ads are on those. Um, yep. Sunset Boulevard is on Hoopla mm-hmm. um, or is rentable. Okay. Lost Weekend is uh, only rentable. Ooh. And Honeymoon Darn. in Vegas also only rentable. Darn. Uh, right. oh, okay, Honeymoon in Vegas only rentable on it says only rentable on Apple, um, not even on Amazon. So yeah. I think so that we, I think that might out. be disqualifying. Yeah, I think uh, so. I'm just verifying. I'm going to Amazon to see. Yeah, you can only buy it on Amazon. Oh, that's a bar. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so it's out. All right. Nice honeymoon, try, honeymoon in Vegas. The honeymoon. The is honeymoon. Over. The honeymoon is over. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, All right. So we're so down yeah. to Casino, Sunset Boulevard, and Lost. The Lost Weekend. I think just if we're gonna go Billy Wilder, we might as well go with the one that's a little bit more streamable and go. I with, think so too. Go yeah, I think it's between Sunset Boulevard and um, yeah, and uh, Casino. It's a down on his luck. It's a down on his luck screenwriter versus Casino, which is a Vegas all-star bonanza. Um, I think the connections are too good to not do Casino. 
I think I think so too. And, and that I does mean, also feel like a big movie to end the to year. end the year on. Yeah, I mean right. Sunset Boulevard would be a big one to end the year on too, this but I true. think this Casino makes more sense, especially given the year we've had with the movies. I mean, the connections are going to the connections are going to be their own podcast. Well, and we you did know? we nearly did Goodfellas halfway through the year, so we did that yeah. movie thirty three, so just a little over halfway through the year. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, it might feel like more of the same, but this is a. I just watched Silence. This can be another uh, Scorsese off of my off of my uh, another Scorsese blind spot off of my list. So I, I, I want to give you that point. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you Casino. I mean, the oh, only thing you. that this movie is missing is Ray Liotta. I mean, it's so close to Goodfellas. It's oh, there's so, no Ray Liotta. That's too bad. There's no Ray Liotta. That's the only thing missing in this. Yeah. Um, it's so perfect though. It's, yeah. And I mean, we have that 1996 Best yeah. Actress uh, Oscar where Sharon uh, Stone too. and Elizabeth Shue both were nominated for Casino. Great point. Um, I'm just looking if Casino was nominated for anything else that year up against um, Las Vegas. Maybe. It's kind of crazy. Casino and Leaving Las Vegas were the same year. Yeah, um, that is wild to me, actually. Yeah. Let's see. What, what was the? Uh, I want to look at release dates on these. I'm just like um, I'm very curious. I want to say it. Casino was a Christmas movie, like a December time frame. Leaving Las Vegas uh, was wide release in February of '96. It came okay. out October of '95. Uh, yeah. Limited. So that means it was a uh, um, what do you call it? Not not TIFF, but Sundance. Yeah, one of the. Or, one, I don't of know, the one of them. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, this was a uh, casino was a Thanksgiving 1995 release. So okay. November I was 22nd, close. Yeah. I was close. Yeah. Thanksgiving Christmas. So, um, yeah. All right. Um, I made was... a lot more money at the box office than leaving. Uh, yeah, Vegas. I'm, sure. I'm sure it did. And we I can mean, still it's... use something Las Vegas, right? We don't have to yeah, do landing Las Vegas yeah. or what happens in Vegas, Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. Happens I think Vegas it might stays. just be what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I'm excited to do casino. I'm excited to knock this off your blind spots. I'm excited to let you end the year with a point. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, 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 find we'll out tally those matter. up next week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Casino, I think, has come up a bunch. I'm sure Casino has yeah, come up sure a bunch on this podcast. Uh, let's just take a look. Um, I would be surprised if it has, actually. Leaving Las Vegas has only come up after Ghost Rider and then last week after The Family Man. I bet uh, Megan the one where is suggesting Casino at least twice. It looks like just Big Lebowski and Goodfellas are the only ones that it came that makes off sense. of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's hard searching the word good uh, casino in my docs right, right, because right, right, right. this might be something else with the word casino that's coming up. Um, Maybe the Wario casino. Right. Yeah, probably. Uh, Chester suggested casino uh, okay. off of Big Lebowski. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. He said good the job. most Fs. So I think yeah, his connection was that there were the most F words in these The most F words, yeah, to that point. Yeah, so yeah, pre- yeah. prepare yourself for F words in this movie. I'm excited for that. Craft bombs. Um, all right. Uh, you shampoo my wife? No, I didn't shampoo your wife. You shampoo my wife. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, we will be watching Casino next week from 1995. Excited Vegas, to talk. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the censored Vegas version in 95 of or something like that. Um, yes. Even though it looks like from the logline of this movie, actually does not take place in 95. But let's say right. Vegas 95. Yeah. Uh, all right. How many Scorsese blind spots do you have remaining? Do I have left? Um, that's a question. For, let's talk about that next week because I don't have think about that for in next front week. of me. Yeah, leave that for next week. I think we're. I think Scorsese is going to be in like the seven timers club now. So we've got oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shutter Island, Goodfellas, Casino, um, After Hours, The Aviator, Mean yep. Streets. Yep. So that's six. Yep. Um, is that it? I think that's it. So six, six movies for Scorsese. It's got to be the most Man. our most watched director. Um, got to be. You know what? He, he makes movies that are interesting. We're talking Indeed. about. So. All right. Next week, Casino. Catch it on. Uh, yeah. Peacock, Hulu, 
Disney Plus if you're international, probably. Uh, yep. I don't know. Just guessing. You, you know what really stinks? So, what? Killers of the Flower Moon, Scorsese's latest movie, was supposed to be out this year. Mm-hmm. And it's not coming out this year. It's coming out next year. Well, that's right. We, so, we we're going to have to do season this four all again. That. Yeah, yeah. we're going to have to do this all again next year just to get to Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> Good point. Um, <laughs> uh and we might be at the Five Timers Club for De Niro next week as well. Mm. Um, Between the meeting of the parentses and such. So, yeah, sure. Casino, um, Mean Streets, Meet the Parents. Maybe it's yep. just three. Yep. I don't know. Are there any other ones that I'm forgetting about? It might just be three, actually. We'll go three. Um, um, all one. right. Yeah, I'm excited to roll the dice in Casino. All right. So just one more reminder about the way connections work next week. You do not have to connect off of uh, off of Casino. But if you do, that's a benefit. It's a plus. But if you do, it has to be something that was already suggested this year. Correct. It has to be a movie that was suggested this year. We're not going to sit there and fact check, but just, you know, do your best. Do your best. Um, so look back through what you've sent us over the mm-hmm. over this year to suggest. Or if you go to the watch list, anything through about page 33 through Braveheart will be uh, eligible to be nominated and Absolutely. send in your best three. You can put a reason why. You can put, you know, whatever you want in the email. Also send in your feedback, score, rating, all of that uh, questions on Casino. Is it your first time also watching the Scorsese epic? Or is it just me that missed this mm-hmm. one? Um, and uh, I don't know, anything else that you want to say about season three? And yeah. um, and we'll do that. So that will be, we'll be recording that, what, next Tuesday, right? Yes. Like normal. So that'll be the 27th. And then we'll have a couple days. And then on January 1st, we will announce what our first movie for season four will be at the end of that episode but then on january 1st brennan and i will do a kind of our year wrap up and look ahead brennan can make another new year's resolution that he won't hold to because brennan you did not do a documentary this year. i know it's heartbreaking but it's yeah. so close casino's so close enough to a documentary because it's based on a true story oh, okay well i mean so there you go. is that does that make something a documentary but no it does not at all although there is narration like a documentary so there you go. oh well uh you know there's a connection to this week we've had some narration <laughs> yes um all right 52 movies, Brendan, will be down. That's wild. I was excited. Through three seasons. Um, we even had season three, episode seven this year. It was The Notebook. Yeah. But we uh, did not have yeah. Robin Akiva. Yeah, I, I think we had the right guess for The Notebook. It's true, yeah. Uh, we haven't had a guess. When was the last time we had a guess? It's been a it's while. Sorry. It's been about ten weeks. Yeah. Yeah. What was our last guest? Uh, I don't even remember. Good question. Um, when did we have a guest last? I can't even... I, uh, Last guest was Megan the Librarian for, for Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Juliet. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, which was fantastic. 20, 20 plus episodes of our guests. It's fine. It's just you it's and fine I. Fine by me. Yep. yep. All right. Next week, we're watching right. Casino. Send in your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter, themovieladdergmail.com, and uh, Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, too. Um, I think that's it. Anything else from you, Brendan? Anything no. you want to. Oh, what are you going to watch this week? I forgot. Oh, what am I going to watch this week? Uh, great question. Well, it is the holiday weekend. I don't know True. what I'm going to get to. Um, for some odd reason, everybody in my family wants to see Babylon, which I absolutely want to, but it's not the type of movie that I thought they would want to go see. But um, at least my younger brother and I are going to go to Alamo Draft House and watch Babylon. It may be nice. the whole family, but it may end up just being my me and my younger brother once I tell everybody what Babylon is about. <laughs> But I'm very excited Don't to tell. see that. Don't tell. It's a Brad Pitt movie. Yeah, exactly. I'll just say it's a Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie joint. 
Um, that worked out real well for Wolf of Wall Street. My mom hated Wolf of Wall Street. Hated it so much. Well, yeah. maybe we're going to be watching Wolf of Wall Street in two <laughs> we weeks. Might we might be. We might be. I'll, I'll tell her to check out the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, really excited to, to see Babylon. I uh, don't know what else. I'd, I mean, I need to sit down and watch um, Charlie Brown Christmas at some point in the next week, just like I usually do. Uh-huh. And Vegas Vacation as well. Or not Vegas Ve- Vacation. Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation. You threw me off. Christmas Vacation. Uh, you can ladder to to Vegas vacation. Uh, Yeah, for me. uh, So I'm up to 2021 in my annual challenge. I have caught up. Um, So I'm going to be watching the last duel, which I've heard polarizing things, which feels fitting that it's a polarizing movie. For sure. Um, I've heard there's a little Rashomon in it, basically. Yeah, it is very Rashomon. So I'm, uh, I'm very interested to watch it. I've heard that there's some crazy hair. Brad Pitt, or not Brad Pitt, Matt Damon has quite the hair in that movie, for sure. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think that's what I'll be doing for 2021. It's a funny story. So I did... Funny only to me. Um, so I did this annual challenge, right, where every week I was supposed to do a movie from a different year. Well, I did my math wrong. Sorry, Professor Jim. I was incorrect with my math. And I started at 1970 thinking it would end me at um, at 2022. Well, I did not count year zero, 1970, as a year. So now my 52nd movie is going to be 2021, so I'm going to have to do a, a bonus movie. Um, so I'm going to do 52 and 52 plus one so I can do a 2022 movie very fun to decide what will be uh, my 2022 movie job. it may end up being avatar too um, oh god <laughs> yeah but I, I, yes but i feel like if i'm gonna see avatar 2 might as well do it see, for a reason and i got yeah. well and i gotta see it in theaters right Fair I, enough. I don't, yeah I you do need to see that in theaters if you're gonna go see it for everybody sure. who's seen it says like even my brother who i didn't think would like it he said yeah it was better in the first one and seeing the biggest screen you can in 3d so there you go um you win cameron you win um, you win Cam. Yeah. So I, might, I might go see Avatar 2 this weekend. Uh, Glass Onion coming out on Netflix this weekend. I do yes, I that. also need to watch Glass Onion. Dealman. So I got lots of these movie challenges I need to finish by yep. the end of the year. I, I do love this time of year because I'm like trying to wrap up all of these things I want to do. The last Harry Potter movie, yeah. like all these things I'm trying to do before New Year's. Yeah, um, I feel like I've done really well with the stuff that's going to get nominated for awards. Like I feel like I've seen most of it. Glass Onion feels like a big blind spot that I need to get to. Well, this Glass week. Onion was only in theaters for a week. So, oh, that's part of the problem. Yeah, Fucking stupid. So it'll be on. It'll be on Netflix on Friday. So yeah, you'll exactly. Watch, you'll watch it Friday morning. So there you go. All right. Uh, anything else? No, we'll just. Uh, you know, we're staying in Vegas. I don't know. Right. That's probably a good. It's a good outro song. I'm assuming from. Uh, from. Oh, they're playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was happy that my outro song that I picked for leaving Las Vegas was this that Sting song that you hear throughout the movie. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, Scorsese. Of course, it's going to be good. True. A good soundtrack. Yes. Yeah. Uh, probably uh, give me shelter. Yeah. So, all right. Next week, Casino. Uh, welcome to the Six Timers Club, Martin Scorsese, <laughs> and uh, a decision of how we're starting season four of this podcast. There's gonna be any good reviews. Let's uh, not. <laughs> uh, 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 all right. Uh, we'll just. Well, Marcissius says Nicholas Cage researched his character by binge drinking and would film himself uh, drunk to study his speech patterns. And Marcissius <laughs> then adds, "One of the great pains of my life is that I will never see this footage." Oh no. Yeah. yeah. It's probably um, a good call. Hey man, you want a drink? Nah, I just watched *Leaving Las Vegas*. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I'll see you around. Maybe. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. Here's a good one to end with. Diamond Bolt. Uh, 1.5 star review. Says, oh, yeah. Nicholas Cage gets drunk and has sex. Uh, thanks for coming to the movies. Should, should I add? Should I add? Yeah, should I add something that's better? Uh, Th- thanks for coming to the movies, everybody. Yes, uh, Appreciate yeah. it. What is it? What is it? That, what's his face says? Uh, see, we'll, you we'll have, see you at the movies. Yeah, see, see you at the movies. See you at the movies. Yep. Uh, see you for <laughs> casino. Oh, I'm very excited. This is gonna be fun. Uh, 